when we step on the floor, you're going to have to kill us to beat us. Or you're going to have to kill us to beat us. Or kill us to beat us. Welcome to Hawk Talk, the one and only podcast for all things St. Joe's basketball. My name is Peter Carney, and each week, me and St. Joe's hoops aficionado, Tony Morelli, will talk news and notes to keep you in the know on the St. Joe's 2021-2022 men's basketball season. This season's set up to be an exciting one on Hawk Hill, and you won't want to miss a moment of it. Hawk Talk will keep you covered. The Hawks will be flying in soon, so let's get this started. Welcome back to a, another great episode of the Hawk Talk podcast. Of course, I'm joined by our usual co-host, Pete Carney. Pete, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, finally able to call this the Gola standard of all podcasts. Oh, th- there we go. That's how the best in the business do it. And without further ado, of course, we are joined by the one and only Gola standard Fellas, we've got Dennis and Rich here joining us to talk St. Joe's and LaSalle basketball. Um, Dennis, Rich, how are you guys? We're okay. The team, not so much. Yeah, we're good. Thanks for having us. Of course. Um, you know, you guys, I was I was one of the first followers. I know in marketing and business school, they teach you the fast follower or whatever. You, it takes like three, four people to get a movement started. I like to think I was a part of that original movement, the first 100 at least. Um, maybe, and this isn't a question I haven't prepared for you guys, but how has one year being of being an Atlantic 10 fan account, covering LaSalle, bringing LaSalle to the forefront, because there was no one before you, how has the year been and maybe give us like the one word that would represent it as um, like a you know for you. I, I guess it would be more of a grind sometimes because of how terrible we are. So it, it requires a lot of effort to make funny tweets and stay engaged and talk about this team when there's really not a lot of positives. Thank God we beat the top three A10 schools last year. Otherwise, I don't think we'd have any content or followers or nearly as many followers as we do now. So I'm thankful for those three wins because that that bumped us up quite a bit. But other than that, it's been a grind. Like year two settling in and we're like, man, when are we going to ever be good again? Like Rich and I are kind of talking like the same stuff. Like we're just like, here we go again. Another blowout loss. Here we go again. Another blowout loss. What do we say? We got we to gotta like diverse try and keep it fresh and interesting so i would say overall that that's my synopsis of trying to as a as a LaSalle fan this is kind of what you expect these days and and it's been it's been tough it's been a grind what would you say rich yeah i, I would just say that um i feel like last year i feel like things went like the right way i feel like a lot of things went the right way for our you know, account to build as fast as it did um and then this year like i thought you know with the team we had last year and then, you know, an off season that it'd be different, but you just never know what a season's going to bring. So you got to, you know, take advantage of when it's there. Uh, Cause you know, right now they're not doing too well. Um, and, you know, the program is in 
the best shape, best shape. So, but no, but it's it's been a fun ride uh, to say the least. Yeah, I'll say this: you guys don't get enough credit. You, I mean, you're funny guys, of course. The Twitter account's great. Thanks. But I don't think, and I don't, yeah, don't mean to boost the ego, a little too much pride. But I will say this: you guys don't get enough credit for the X's and O's analysis. You know, I listen to the episodes, and it's not like you're just like some, you know, making clickbait and saying nothing. You're actually bringing substantial solutions to the problem, and that's always been my problem with. St. Joe's fans and people in general where they're like, oh, you know, fire this coach. What's the worst that can happen? It's like the worst can happen. Like the one bad hire can change everything or firing someone too early. So with that being said, do you think, I'm just going to cut to it. Do you think Ashley Howard's on the hot seat? Because, and I preface that by saying this, I am of the firm believer he shouldn't be because of what I just said. It's easier to tear down than to build up. And Rich, we'll we'll go to you first because I think you're uh, spot on usually with this stuff. Yeah, uh, I don't know about that. We'll see. Let's see what this can <laughs> say. Um, yeah, so I don't know if I want to throw a question back at you, but it's always like, you know, what hire, like if they, you know, they fire, like, you know, let's say I got rid of John Giannini and then, you know, Ashley Howard and then, you know, it doesn't seem like it's kind of seems like the programs, you know, everyone wanted John to be fired after his, I think he was there 12, 13 years. So everyone wanted kind of, you know, wanted fresh blood in there. And now, you know, Ashley Howard's now the helm. And it seems like the programs kind of took a step back in the direction. Um, so I would say, I feel like the program is definitely, you know, on the downward trend. I mean, you know, his first recruiting class, he only has one guy left. Um, and that's not a good sign to build a program, especially in uh, year four. You'd like to see, you know, those guys prospering. Um, so I, I would definitely say he's on the hot seat. I know there's other issues with the university that kind of, you don't know how it's going to play out, but um, I would definitely say he's on the hot seat right now. Um, yeah. I just don't see a core nucleus in place, you know, going forward. And I know, you know, the university or, you know, the university and the program, has issues, but I would definitely say he's on the hot seat. But um, it seems like right now they're the university as a whole is you know worried about you know um, finding a new president. Yeah, yeah. and, and I, I'm going to add something, and I'm going to toss it over to you, Dennis. Some of the issues I see are transfers, as you said, Rich. We got inconsistent lineup, which is something you guys had mentioned on your last podcast, right? You're not going through the growing pains, and I'm going to say another issue is player development. I think if you're a fan of LaSalle. You should be demanding that a player like uh, Moore is a consistent, dominating center in the A-10. The amount of block shots is just unbelievable. He could be really good. You know, Dennis, why isn't player development at the top of the priority list? You have great talent there. Why aren't you capitalizing? That is the biggest biggest problem right now is we want to see incremental growth, just a little bit of growth. And we're seeing people take a step back. On our last pod, Rich actually broke down the numbers. And look, you look at points per game and other statistics, they have either flatlined or decreased in, on, on, in almost every metric, like almost across the board. Granted, Clifton has had a great past two games. He's played out of his mind the past two games. So we got to give him credit for that. But otherwise, Rich and I haven't seen development that we want to see. It, it shows that maybe there's not that, that culture that, that we, you, you expect from somebody that comes from like a Villanova, where you see guys four years develop, become NBA caliber out of nowhere. Um, type of stuff like that. Like, I don't think we'll ever see that um, in, in with this crop of guys. And and I don't know when that will happen in the future. So it, it, it back to the question about is Ashley on the hot seat? 
you can look at it in two ways. You can look at it from the whole school perspective. Think about like the dollars and cents. It, uh, I'm hesitant to say. I'm like, I don't know if it's the best thing right now for the university to cut ties because we still have to pay them. We have to find another guy. We have to keep the program afloat. Is it worth it? I don't know. That's kind of like that next level thought. But then there's also the other train of thought that's just like on the court. They're terrible. Cut them now. Like, you know what I mean? There's two ways to look at it. And and granted, Rich and I have seen this program from since 09, maybe even sooner than that. And so we know the the school. We know what is likely like we can predict all we want. Um, and, and I think that we have good reasons behind it. Like, I feel like they, they can't really cut them right now. They can't get rid of them. Um, and, and for many reasons, and that's just my perspective, but I know that, uh, I think we're reaching a majority that would say it is a hot seat type of year for him. I would say the majority think that, but uh, on our pod, we've been preaching, like, think about the whole picture right now. Think about the university as a whole. We don't even have a president, a full-time president right now. So it's like, you know, let's let's kind of establish that first and, and go from there. So I, that's just me being kind of like tempering and tempering the expectations, tempering anger and just kind of moving forward in that in that sense. But, yeah, you're right. Development is the number one uh, issue that Rich and I see. And it would be the number one reason we would be willing to part ways with Ash. Yeah, it seems like LaSalle has both a strategic and tactical issue at hand. One tactical moves being what are we doing right now? to improve the situation strategic is what's the goal going forward not only as a program but as a school as you said they're not expanding the campus they're not looking to to merge with i don't know name a school thomas jefferson i mean why yeah. not it's right there why wouldn't you do it um for those who don't know thomas jefferson's like this they used to be philly textiles and then u science not u sciences but uh i forget what the old philly name is philly you just call it philly, philly yeah philly you and it's like, that was a great merger possibility. They have a much better camp, no offense, but like a nicer campus area. Um, you have Maniunk right there for students to live in. So I don't know. There's like this gap between like, the, as you said, the what's the vision going forward? And like, how can we put a Band-Aid on the situation right now? Exactly. Uh, Pete, do you have anything that you want to add to this? Uh, no, I, I think you said it pretty well so far. Uh, specifically, what stood out was that idea of strategy without tactics. Uh, I'm thinking back to a, a quote I remember from uh, Sun Tzu, who says, strategy without tactics is the slowest route to victory. And I Boom. think, I think wow. sadly for LaSalle, um, we're sort of seeing potentially that play out when you get a little bit impatient with some of those players and you sort of go out with all these different lineups um reminds me of last year with st joe's I'm, i feel fortunate that we at times didn't just play whoever uh, we saw some of our good guys off the bench leave this year as a result of that jardy and tracy and ramir Moore. but i think it goes goes along along the lines of you know you have to play your guys at some point yeah definitely one thing i wanted to add was like non-conference um we didn't have COVID yet. Like COVID didn't pause our program at all during the non-conference. Um, so that's a time when you really kind of tweak your lineup and you figure out, I don't know, in our minds, we're like, okay, Ash, this is Ash's time to figure out who's the guys going forward. Who's our starting five. And it seemed like we still didn't find that out. Granted, there was a bit of a COVID issue these past two games in conference with, with for, against Fordham um, and VCU, we had guys out. So like, I, I don't know, just thinking about the roster as a whole, 
do we have do we have a starting five? I still don't think so. And I thought that that was what non-conference was all about. So it's, you're right. That that quote is. I I think that's a great quote to keep keep going this whole season um, because we're he's under a microscope right now for sure. Yeah, and this all goes back, and we're gonna now we're gonna loop in the Villanova talk, which is something we all can get get together behind. But you know, I was at that Villanova game. We were talking about this before the the, radio, the recording started. And it's, you know, when you're a smaller school, even St. Joe's, I had this issue with Lang. We can't just all throw five people out there and say, go shoot a bunch of threes or, oh, we're going to play fast and athletic. Like, what does fast and athletic mean? Um, you know, there's got to be a system in place. There's got to be some form. I, I'm going to sound like an old man, but the, I love a modified Princeton. Like, give me the modified Princeton. Like, why not? It's just something like just something different that isn't the same you know, running gun. I mean, I don't know. The, did the? It's not even like everyone's like, oh, I want to play like the Warriors, like as an NBA basketball. It's like, no, you're playing like the Rockets. You're playing just like out of control, no identity. It's not actually clean basketball. But this brings us to the Villanova point. Both St. Joe's and Villanova have hired former Jay Wright assistants. And back in the old days, we didn't copy Villanova to beat Villanova. Temple had their guy. Sal had their guy. Sanchez had their guy. They all played different. Penn had their guy. We all played different styles. We didn't play the same strategy. And that's what made a competitive league. Do you think, and whichever, whoever wants to jump on this first, do you think the copycat method is actually detrimental to the competitiveness of Big Five basketball? Um, I mean, when you have a guy like Jay Wright and he's won two national championships, um, I feel like it's kind of hard to, you know, uh, channel that at a, you know, a school. I mean, I feel like St. Joe's, I don't know. I feel like I put St. Joe's, you know, up higher than LaSalle on like the pedestal. Um, you know, they have better facilities, you know, better campus. Um, but I feel like it's, like you said, I feel like it's hard, you know, it's a copycat league or I mean, they're <laughs> trying to copy Villanova and they're the one at the top. And like, like Jay's like, he's two national championships. Like, um, it's hard to mimic that. Um, and just like, like we're saying, you know, he can get Ashley Howard and Ashley Howard, you know, is known as for his for recruiting, but you know, he's doesn't have any head coaching experience and it looks like he lacks on, you know, player development. Um, I mean, it seemed like Billy Lang is now having success in year three. Um, but it is kind of interesting, you know, how they're, you know, pulling guys from Villanova. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if I answered that question or not, but um, you gave a real politician answer. You just gave okay. us the old runner. Now I'm joking. Um, no, that's a good. I mean, I agree with that. It's the sense that I had the same issue with Billy Lang. My issue with Billy Lang was that he was going to bring too much Brett Brown with him into the St. Joe's organization, and he kind of did when Ben Simmons started practicing with St. <laughs> Joe's roster. Um, but Dennis, what do you what do you think about that? Do you think that copying Jay Wright is is the right move? Can you even copy greatness like that? So, I think that there's a few other guys that have worked under Jay Wright that have not performed either. I think that there's a I I, I don't know if it was Atlantic Team. There was a few people that tweeted out the stats, and they haven't been great. Like let's let's not sugarcoat it. I don't think there's been an Ash or a um, Jay Wright assistant that has like blown people out of the water. Okay, I don't think it's happened yet. Maybe that's Kyle Neptune coming up. I don't know. Um, overall, when when you look at the university, uh, when you look at LaSalle, when you look at where we were, that was the pick. Ashley Howard was the guy. That was the number one. Indi- he was indisputable. Like, it was the guy. Like, that was the one you want to get. 
and we got him. And it, it was like, oh my, like this is the greatest day of our lives in my mind. And and all of that is gone out the window. And that is just speaks to how difficult it is to coach a school, a coach at a school that maybe not ha- doesn't have the resources of Villanova. So what I kind of think is that they were the product of their environments. And we kind of have to look at the um, University of at LaSalle like as a whole and think about all the, the resources that we've given Ash. I don't think there's been many. When you look at Villanova, I'm sure there's millions and millions of dollars headed their way for whatever they need. That is not the case at LaSalle. And I think Ash is learning that the hard way. Um, and, and I mean, granted, that's awesome that he was able to get this job and everything like that. But, you know, I don't know if Pat Chambers was brought in here for, for no reason at all. Not 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 like extending a, an olive branch here. I think I think that there are some reasons behind bringing Pat Chambers in because of the situation. Like we'll take anything we can get like that, that type of mentality. So when we had Ash, it was like, oh, my, this is incredible. Now what? Well, we don't have much. We don't have much to build around. So let's get Pat. Let's it seems like they're like scratching and clawing to get an edge. And in, in this world, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with taking from Jay Wright, hoping to get capture that magic that they have at Villanova. And even if it's a little bit like that's that that would be great for LaSalle at this point, honestly. Um, but then you also have to look at the whole university as a whole and where we're at in total and it's i i feel bad for him sometimes you know what i mean it's like we're not nova by any means so that's my answer there i think it stings a little bit more for st joe's fans to see that because you know our coaching tree went all the way back to dr jack ramsey we've had six nba coaches come from that one coaching staff um recruited i mean jim lineham i'm seeing him at every game he's literally his seats are next to mine it's like there's this whole coaching culture um, that even Phil Martelli was a part of, and he's not even one of the six NBA coaches we have. It's like, for us, it's, I don't know, maybe it's ego, but it stings a little bit more um, to, to pull from him, I guess. The Holy War oh, is, of course, so a different f- thing. We don't have a name for Nova LaSalle. <laughs> you guys have a rivalry that's kind of built in, and, you know, Big Five is overall a big deal. So I, I do think we've all gotten closer in a way. There's been more of a family style of Big Five, so it's like me help you scratch each other's backs type of thing. It's gotten a little too nice. I agree. It's gotten, but but we have to kind of bond together to build this, the big five up. And it might have to start with going to Villanova and asking for help. Honestly, that, that kind of, I don't like to say it, but they are the, the model, the model team in the big five. So yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It doesn't feel great when you think about it sometimes. Yeah. I appreciate you bringing up a family. Today's the feast of the Holy family. And I bring that up because Rich is praying for intercession in the podcast. Rich, how is your prayer life going? Has it worked? Have you had any visions or anything like that with regards to, you know, getting LaSalle basketball a little bit better? I was wondering when, when you send that in the note, I was like, what did I say? I was like, oh, like I said <laughs> the, you know, we used to say at LaSalle um, and, you know, St. John Baptiste, De La Salle, pray for us, love Jesus in our hearts forever. Um, I feel like my prayers haven't been answered. Um, you know, I'm trying, I'm going to the well and I'm going to mass when I, when I can, or, you know, consistently as I can. Um, but I don't know, it's, it's very difficult to, you know, compete in the A-10 when it seems like your administration, like that saying, isn't really bought in, you know, like you're saying, you know, Jay has kind of all the, you know, facilities and everyone's kind of bought in. Um, it's very difficult when it seems like. Um, like the students aren't bought in it's such a like antiquated kind of product and everything but um 
I mean, I'm I'm doing my best. I feel like we're doing the best. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I guess it's just not good enough. Yeah, the Christian brothers. We we need more Christian brothers at our games to like. Uh, well, you know, they used to have. Do you even know where brother? Um, I'm blanking on his name, mm-hmm. Rich. Where Sheed? was he? Yeah, where is he? Brother Ed? Yeah, doesn't he usually? He's like he our team chaplain. The bench. I haven't seen him in a while. Someone was coming on like the message boards that he was still there. But I haven't seen him like personally. I haven't. I don't remember like seeing him on the end of the bench anymore. Yeah, I hope it's not like COVID related or just, just precautionary. But like mm-hmm. he was like our, this is like a religious spin, but he was definitely like the guy that would pray before the games. And he was oh, like the guy and he was on the he bench was like during your Jean-Eve. sister Jean. He's like, he was I've got a yeah. problem with Sister Jean. She doesn't wear the habit. She wears like sweatpants to the game. That's just unacceptable. I mean, <laughs> no. even the Jesuits are wearing cassocks yeah, to Jesuits. the game. <laughs> I'm sure she has reasons. Um, but <laughs> yeah, we, we had a nice, uh, like he he was the guy. Like every, we had a, bo- a brother Ed bobblehead. Yeah, no, and, I have it like somewhere. Like, yeah. yeah. Is that what you were looking for just now? Yeah, no, like, yeah, we, yeah. It was. I think it's like up there. I do think that uh, that's a that's a topic that we have yet to talk about more, and I'm glad that you brought up this religious aspect because Brother Ed was a huge piece of the LaSalle program. Maybe that's I haven't I seen him. him in years. I legitimately haven't seen him at any games in years. So I really this is a conspiracy theory here. I don't know if Ash told him to take a hike too or something or what, but like I hope not. Bring Wait, Ed ever back. since they switched benches, like you know how you spent other bench, he always be at the end. Like at that new bench, I've never even noticed no, him. You know what I mean? I don't see him. I don't see him. I'm a little Brother Ed now. Brother Ed, if you're listening, I mean, he probably we is. Need you. Yeah, we need you. Definitely we listening. need you back at the games. Yeah, all right. The, the Golo boys, we they need you. Thank you. Thank it's you not a theory if it's true. Then it's just a conspiracy. So there you go. Uh, we've definitely gone off topic, <laughs> um, which I'm fine with. That's that's great. So last year, St. Joe's two and one. Rich, you corrected me. I put one and two because I'm. I was telling Rich I cut my finger off, oh, and no. so we're bringing that Ooh. up into this, but. That's okay. We'll get well. Suffering is sanctifying. I'll get better. Um, you know, we were two and one. We got blessed with a third game, which was excellent. Loved having it. Um, but last year, the series was I would say split. To be in all honesty, in the sense of like regular season, that third game doesn't count towards the Big Five. And I don't even know how how they. I, I mean, I blank, but um, how they split our game to determine the Big Five winner, right? Because we play each other twice, and everyone else doesn't. Um, and St. Joe's is still playing for the Big Five title. If Temple and Villain, I don't think Temple and Villain have ever played. And I don't know if they are going to play. Um, but do you guys see us splitting the series, or do you think that St. Joe's has just stepped way ahead of where LaSalle is now? That we've got good transfers, NBA prospects. Don't mean the two to our own home, but it's looking good for us. Um, personally, I don't really see LaSalle winning more than like two or three A10 games with the way they're going. Um, so I mean I I see St. Joe's going two and zero. I hate like I don't like saying that, but when you you know look at um, you know the directions both the programs are going right now, the way you know like you're saying they have you know Jordan Hall and Taylor Funk and um, uh, Obina and um, Eric Reynolds, like they're all like meshing meshing well pretty pretty well together, and you know they're learning their roles. But LaSalle, it's like they're you know switching their starting lineups and. Um, I just don't. I would love to be wrong, but um, right now, you know, I, I see St. Joe's you know, going two and zero in those games. Hopefully, we play um, both of them. But yeah, I, go, I see St. Joe's going two and zero. I agree. I agree. I think one will be closer than the other, but I don't know which one that would be. And uh, yeah, Rich, you nailed it. 
the 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 way that they're developing these guys on St. Joe's have played with each other for I don't know you can guys you guys can correct me like two or three years together uh, at least and then you can tell um, and for whatever reason on on LaSalle's side of things these guys have not played enough together it's weird <laughs> they've been there for a while and they're not playing like they've played together the the subs are coming in and out left and right there's no continuity there's not there's no like I, aside from Clifton and maybe Christian Ray, I feel like you never know what you're going to get. And uh, for that reason, I'm out. There's no way we're going to beat. Uh, well, I'll probably eat crow one of those games, but I feel like, I feel like uh, we're not looking good right now. I don't, I don't see us winning either of our games against St. Joe's. Christian Ray always shows. I've, I'm a big fan of Christian Ray. I think he plays hard. Um, oh, yeah. And he's, as you said, a stable force in the, in the locker room. Yeah. Um, but man, he plays hard. He's broken my heart at Hagen two years ago. I think he hit the game winner, like free throw. It was an absolute bogus call, but I'll never forgive him. <laughs> um, Rich, does that mean you're going to show up at Hagen and will you enjoy your experience? I know that you've had some bad experiences at Hagen Arena, but maybe I can be there to help you, you know, enjoy and facilitate a good time. You know, I'm definitely, we're thinking about going to the Hagen game. I know it's on, you know, Martin Luther King, game, King Day, and uh, I think it's, you know, they did a two. Um, a two-year series on Martin Luther King Day. I know last year, you know, they played at LaSalle, and now they're playing um, at St. Joe's at Hagen. So, uh, now I'm thinking about going, and not, hopefully, you know, that experience. And, you know, the one time when I was up, you know, all the way all the way at the top, and, you know, kids are throwing popcorn. So, I hope not to, uh, you know, mimic that again. I'm going to tell him to throw it at you. I'm like, this is the guy <laughs> you throw it at. Um, I'll have to bring you to Al Sham. That's our running joke on the show. You guys – pioneered the Sid Bookers. I get it. But Al Sham's a real place. And I can bring you there and you can have some great uh, halal, some falafel, some okay. shawarma. We'll give you the good stuff. Um, even though I... I gotta, go ahead. I was going to say, I got to get there. I haven't been to Hagen yet. Can you believe that? I've been in, in Philly, living here for like almost 10 years and I have never been to Hagen Arena as a LaSalle oh, fan. Philadelphia oh. icon. There's like the Liberty Bell... <laughs> Tom Gola Arena and then <laughs> Michael Hagen. <you> know. <laughs> Michael Hagen. Uh, Pete, I went to Al Sham before the game the other day. Guess how long the wait was for a shawarma? Take a guess. Come on, you used to live above the building. I did. Um, 40 minutes. Yeah, it was 40. It was wow, 40 minutes. I walked right out. Impressive. I literally walked right out the door. I was like, I'm going to go wow. eat a pretzel inside the stadium. <laughs> Sheesh. Well, no, we got to go to Larry's. We got to go to. Mm, yeah. I think that LaSalle's having a pregame at Landmark. Um, is that right across from Hagen? Yeah, you won't make it to the game. They've got the slowest service on earth. You think 40 minutes for Schwarma's long? Get ready. With 30, you're going to wait three hours for a Yingling. Is there like a good crowd you guys have for each St. Joe's game? Like, what, have you have you been to games recently? And usually, is there like a nice pregame scene? Um, I go to every game, and no, okay. <laughs> not, no, that's the thing. And I mean, maybe we could talk about this. I I know you guys are like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, whatever. Like, the goal is empty, or the Plestra was empty when they had Villanova. Hagen's been relatively empty as well, in considering how many seats they have. Um, I think COVID's killed live sports. Like, really, I think I people are just like absolutely scared to. I went to the Sixers game on Friday. Half empty. It's a Friday night. What are people doing? Yeah, I don't. Get I agree. It. I agree. Oh. It's been tough. Yeah. Um, Pete, should we go to the mailbag, or do you have any other questions of real basketball importance before we go to some interesting mailbag questions? Yeah, let's get to the fan. Let's get to the. Let's go to the mailbag. Let's go, Saint Joe. Let's go, Saint Joe. Let's go, Saint Joe. All right. For our first fan mailbag. We have Dave Oswick, 
who asks, how many players have left transferred during the Billy Lang and Ashley Howard era? Well, Dave, I, uh, I have too much going on in my life to figure this fact <laughs> out. So I, I'm sorry, pal. I'm going to have to say, I don't know. Uh, for us, I'd say offhand, I could probably count like five maybe for St. Joe's. Uh, okay. Gold boys, I will go to you on this question for LaSalle because I definitely don't know. Uh, so I guess it depends on how I want to answer it. Like, I'm pretty sure that whole that number is it's eight for Ashley Howard. If you want to say, like, I mean, I can name them. So the first one was Ed Croswell. He was a Janini recruit. And then he lost um, Brandon Stone, who was an Ashley recruit. Um, he went to Robert Keen, Morris. He was an Ashley recruit. You and then that. David Beatty, Scott Spencer, they were grad transfers, but under Giannini. And then he also lost Kimbrough, who was a Giannini. And then he just lost Kenny um, Integra. So I'm pretty sure that's eight, but it's four and four between guys actually recruited and guys um, that was inherited from Giannini. Yeah. If you count the guys from Martelli, it's way more than five. Um, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. But they were all gone yeah. before we even. Like Jared Bynum was gone before anything happened, so okay. now he's leading Providence to the whole promised land. Um, Some of them are like norm, like that's expected. You know yeah. what I mean? Fifth year senior. I'm looking for another opportunity. Like I don't really, but some really sting. Like I wonder if if we had a team of current LaSalle guys against transfers, who would win? I think that the transfers would kick our ass. Yikes! Yeah, <laughs> that's do you think, good. Rich? Rich, do you agree? LaSalle Wait, transfers on this current team. You take Croswell, you take the eight guys you listed and play against our current team. Oh, think, those eight against this team? Yes. Oh, yeah. We, I would, they would kick down. our butt, right? Yeah. Wow. We would lose, yeah. Hakeem had that game winner the other day. That was yeah. nice to see. Exactly. I think of Ende, Hakeem, Kenny, Croswell, BD. Yeah, that, that, yeah. And then Kimber. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. I think that team will win. Yeah, they would win. 100%. Tracy Carter. Oh, yeah. I forgot about him. The engine. Tracy. Oh, Seventh man. year. Okay. Next question is from Joe. Uh, is lighting a giant quote L? I don't know why the L is in quotes. Before a home game, is it the worst idea in collegiate sports marketing history? Dennis, you are a marketing genius and an expert. Is the L the worst idea? No. And that's because we have flipped the script on it. It was the punching bag. It is now one of the most interesting things in college basketball. I even brought in a, a friend of mine, Dan McQuaid, who writes for Defector. He wrote a beautiful article on Tom Gola Arena and talked about this new addition to the arena. Ticket sales are going to go through the roof once. The, no, I'm sorry. It's, I'm not going to go that far. But I would say that overall, it's been a fun addition because college basketball in itself can be wacky. And I think a kudos to LaSalle for um, adding this this element. Some think it's weird, some think it's hilarious. What, what, however you wanna paint it, it's getting people to talk about it. And talking about it makes people maybe wanna come to a game or follow <laughs> along in some respects. Maybe follow the Gola boys, maybe tune in. But when they doubled down and added a second smoke machine, I was like, yes, yes, they're, they're, that's my language. When I see that type of stuff, they're definitely leaning into it. And kudos. I think overall it's been a positive thing. You can look at it as like, oh, they're just covering it up. Lipstick on a pig. It's the arena is never going to be renovated, you know. But 
we, we all know the problems with the university as a whole. So we'll just take it with a grain of salt. We'll, we'll try to spin it and make it a positive. So I think it's just been a fun little wacky addition to the to the to the game day experience. Pete, you want to read the next one? Yeah, sure. We have Bandit Barbecue, which goes off uh, actually what Dennis was saying. <laughs> Will St. Joe's be using two or three fog machines to intimidate their opponent, LaSalle? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if any amount of smoke machines would be able to uh, intimidate the explorers. Um, <laughs> I remember last year like having like a visceral fear of playing LaSalle. Um, I don't know. I, I definitely have like a bit of that fear this year. But um, I think it's interesting. I mean, how did this is perhaps maybe not answering Bandit Barbecue's question, but I didn't watch the entire VCU game, but VCU has a terrific defense. How did you guys feel about scoring 66 points against VCU? I mean, they're definitely a good, probably the best defense you've played all year, but still had like a decent, it seems like perhaps a decent offensive output. Yeah, there, well, I'm just looking for the silver lining here. Like, yeah, uh, one? I was gonna say like one of the things that I saw like you know we were like sitting courtside. I was like showing Dennis on my phone. I, I mean the numbers changed, but there was a point in the game where the total total turnovers LaSalle was um, 19 to five in favor of VCU. I think the ending was 19 eight. Um, they didn't play bad. I mean Clifton Moore, like Dennis was saying, is playing like have his mind in conference play. I mean two game sample size, but. He had 26 against Fordham and then 21 and 12 yesterday against VCO, which is like impressive. But the thing is, um, you know, you know, VCO has a really good defense, and we were without, you know, our point guard, um, Jimmy Bricka. So I guess you can say that's silver lining. Like we were able to score 16 points without our point guard, um, Jimmy Brickus and Nickelberry in play also, who's our leading scorer. So I guess you can take that as like silver linings, but I mean they still, I feel like, dominated the game um, no matter what. But, um, yeah, I mean, their their defense is very, very good, like 19 turnovers. And, I mean, they shot the ball very well. I think one of their players, like Marcus Dehonis, was 5 of 6 for 3. Um, so, yeah, I, mean, I would say that's silver lining. But, I mean, VCU's, I would say, like a top four team at minimum in the conference, maybe higher. They couldn't yeah. miss. It turned into a shootout in a sense of it was a blowout, but it was still kind of like a shootout in the second half. I feel like. Both teams were hitting shots. Mm-hmm. To answer your question, I feel like that's why it became a 66-point game for us. I don't know. That's Fair my enough. thoughts. Yeah. Okay, so the next question for us comes from Hawk Enthusiast, our most enthusiastic follower. And his question is, question for the Gola Boys. Where will be where will the Gola Boys be sitting in Hagen? And how will they handle LaSalle transition from university to a college? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Dennis, you can go first on this one. Wow, those are two very different questions. <laughs> uh, so we would sit what up high, right? I feel like no, I don't want to sit. If, if we're if we go to the game, I'm not sitting in the pub. Oh, like, okay. I'm not sit, like I, I want a little bet. Like I'm not sitting like all the way up there where that you, one Ben is. In you the, have PTSD from those yeah, kids yeah, throwing popcorn that. at you. All right, yeah. so we're gonna be in the premium seating. You will see us with with uh, nice drinks in our hands, nice glasses bartender open bar at the at the Hagen that's where you'll see us just look for the guys dressed in LaSalle gear they'll be sitting next um, to Jim Lynham you guys I'll yeah. get you the Jim Lynham seats sure 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 perfect deal that's why we're on the pod we're, we're here to ask you for those seats yeah exactly um 
Uh, and that was that. Uh, the other question is a, is a bit ridiculous. I mean, we're never going to become downgraded from college <laughs> to or from university to college. I feel like you have to lose like accreditation for that reason. Um, I mean, the university as a whole has to figure some things out. But as far as the teaching goes, I think we're pretty decent at, at educating students and, and maintaining accreditations. We've got a beautiful business school that I haven't been in yet, but I hear it rivals St. Joe's Business School. So um, uh, I'm going to say that uh, I'm going to just say stop stop asking those questions, man. <laughs> we don't talk about college. We're, we're, we're at a university, okay? Rich, anything to add to that? No, like I find it funny that, like, obviously, uh, you know, the LaSalle College High School um, was one point, like, my grandfather, like, went to LaSalle, and he was saying that where Worcester Hall is used to be the high school, and, like, he would try to, like, sneak in there because they had, like, better cafeteria food than, like, what LaSalle <laughs> had, but I know that's a side tracker, but um, I'll just say, yeah, I mean, maybe LaSalle, I'm curious, like, what if like LaSalle college high school's basketball court looks better than ours, but um, hopefully <laughs> I don't have to worry about any of that. Do you go to LaSalle yeah. college high school? Oh uh, no, I, I went to, I went to St. Joe's prep. Oh, so there we go. We knew we were going to get to the heart of Christian the problem Brothers, there. So, yeah. <laughs> the truth comes out. Those Jesuits probably messed your brain up knowing, yeah. knowing what they did to me. <laughs> um, okay, Pete, you can read the next question. Yeah. Before they, before I get on to the next question, before they turn into a college, they're gonna like, we'll have a merger, okay? Like you, know, you guys yeah. will just come up. We'll just become a the ultimate, you know, St. Joe's LaSalle company. Exploring Hawks. Yeah. <laughs> That's very sicko of you. All right. <laughs> Human after all, which is just a suspicious Twitter name to have. Oh boy, but what, whatever. He says, and we have two questions. And the second we can't say because this is a family-friendly podcast, okay. even after all. Um, but his first question is, I would like to know if <laughs> Dennis and Rich are afraid of Billy Lang. <laughs> uh, personally, no. Uh, if I was on the opposing team, they're not bad. Like They beat Richmond handily. Everyone's calling for Richmond's coach's head because of – Billy Lang, so I'd be, I'd be, I'd be a little scared if I was on the opposing team. Um, I, I don't think he loses his temper or anything. Is he getting violent or something? Why did he ask that question? Like, is I think he's a good guy, right? By all accounts. So um, on the court, I think he's a good coach. So yeah, I mean, if I was coaching against him, it's a tough opponent. I'd be afraid of of this this squad. They're a dangerous squad this year. Not to just you know bring all this positive vibes to St. Joe's right now, but that's that's my thoughts. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not afraid of Billy Lang, but um, oh, probably, probably personally. <laughs> but I mean, like I was saying, it just seems like you know he's bringing that program the opposite direction. Ashley Howard is bringing his. Um, I know last year I think Ashley Howard got kicked out of one of the St. Joe's games. So, oh yeah, I, mean, I don't think Ash is afraid of him. I mean, he was about he got some serious airtime yesterday, <laughs> and. Like you should have seen, like he jumped in there, like it was insane. Yeah, he, there was a bad like, call. Like, kill the ball, like yeah. he, it was like angry mad. So, I mean, I don't think Ash, Ash can take Billy. Yeah, yeah this, that's what this, I don't know. If, this question's kind of weird because it's like, is it are we afraid of him in a basketball yeah. sense, or like if I'm leaving Barcade and I see Billy on the other side of the street waiting for my Uber, am I going to be a little nervous? Like you know, he's not that <laughs> tall. So, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, Pete. No, no, I absolutely agree, and. Like 
going off that, I'm pretty sure Ashley Howard versus Billy Lang. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not gonna like. Yeah, comment. Yeah, you guys. You guys know what I'm going for there. Hell in a Cell, like WWE style, or <laughs> or what? Like, no, Ash has been ejected twice, so like he's more of yeah. a of a Ash like. Is- he can he, like he, he got some airtime last game. Yeah, he like he's vocal. I would say in a battle, I'm taking my guy. I'm taking LaSalle. I'm taking Ash. yeah. I'm honestly a little bit more afraid of Ashley Howard. Okay. Has Lange been kicked? Has he gotten any tees yet? No, Lang. I don't think so. I don't think so. I say no. Lange. I don't know why. I, I kind of like that. A little rebellious. That's okay. Billy you can Lange. call him Lange if you want. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Boy. So let's go to the next question. Tracy Lynn goes, if I come to the game, is it okay to sport my VCU swag? Dennis and Rich, you don't need to answer that question. I will take this one. No, not okay. Don't show up in your VCU swag. I'm, I know we were just saying everyone likes to be a big one big happy family like Barney used to sing. But that's just not how we do it at St. Joe's. I got a little bit of Philly swagger and we're better than you. And uh, I'm sure VCU fans are going to swarm into this chat, but don't wear your VCU swag to Hagen. I'll find, you know, we'll all see you there and we'll just be like, oh, come on. They travel really well. I know. So be, beware. I'm inviting. I'm inviting a lot of danger into my life now because they're going to swarm. Um, Didn't we see her yesterday? Yes. 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 And she wore her VCU swag. Oh, yeah, yeah, she was decked She's out. She's from Bella. So. Yeah. There's a lot of locals, VCU fans that are going to come out of the woodwork for you now. So be, be ready. Oh, no. I'll have to watch my back in Alsham. They know where I hang out. <laughs> yeah, you've literally routed, I've you've given literally my, routed given out my your whole day. Yeah. <laughs> First, I get done work, and then I drive to Alsham, and I wait 40 minutes. So that's a prime spot to find me um, if you want yeah. my autograph. I think we're going to do a live show from Alsham. I'm still working the kinks out. Okay. Um, that'd, be fun. that'd be cool. I'm not a marketing guy, but I am in sales, so I can sell this podcast to the owners of Alsham. Um, <laughs> Pete, you want to get the last question? Sure. Um, so, AG, he's, this isn't much, much of a question, but more of a, a prompt. He says, we need their honest, and I, when he says there, he means the Gola boys, mm-hmm. their honest, unfiltered opinions on the smoke machines and the lighting of the L. We sort of already touched upon this, but go ahead, uh, Gola boys. Rich, you start. Um, I, need to get yeah, I guess my unfiltered opinion is... Um, that I guess by doing this and embracing this and like I don't like you know having the L in the first place because I feel like that signifies a, a loss that's why I think the person added in quotes because like an L is a loss and it's like you don't want to highlight a loss like for even though it's like in the middle of Philadelphia um, but I feel like you know with their budget they've kind of embraced the low budget approach I like the one wall when it, they painted that um, and then the other wall with Philadelphia I mean I guess they're embracing low budget um and I guess just having fun with it. Um, so, yeah, I'm just going to say that. Obviously, you know, we want bigger and better um, in terms of facilities, but, you know, they're embracing, I guess, their low budget and what, and what they have. Yeah. In the grand scheme of, like, developing a program, this is, like, barely even a step forward. Mm-hmm. It's not even a step. I would say it's, like, a crawl. Like, I don't even know what sh- is it's shorter like a than a temporary type of thing. A temporary. Right. Well, it just makes you think. When when you think about it, we need new facilities, new facilities, mm-hmm. and, and most people see that when when that appears, they're like, okay, that's the best we can do. So it's yeah. more of just like, uh, you know, the, things are going to take a while. It's going to get worse before it gets better. That type of mentality. With that mentality, you feel a lot better about this whole situation. Um, and yeah, does this postpone the 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 renovation because 
they spent money to paint that wall and where that wall is should be where the new bleachers would be if they pivoted the court 100 or 90 degrees right so uh not sure if that meant like hold off guys it's gonna be like 10 more years so that's just me thinking next level like what does this actually mean like is that mural gonna go down like when they renovate um or is this their way of saying we're not renovating anytime soon I'm going to say this. You have the mayor of Philadelphia is a LaSalle alum, and who knows how long he's going to be in office. Should utilize that to get some, you know, cheaper permits. And then you all of a sudden you can work around the city a little bit, build that new arena. The time is now. Don't wait. Oh, oh, we know a lot about how the time is now. We've we've been preaching the time. The time is past. The time is past. We, We get articles coming out. Jensen agrees like TikTok, TikTok. I don't know if Kenny can do much about it. <laughs> like, I don't know if you. I mean, you, I mean, I don't know if you know, but like they have a like a five million dollar donation that expires in like twenty twenty three. Yeah, yeah. So that's why it's like hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, and you know it's twenty twenty two now. TikTok, come on, LaSalle. But can you even build an arena for five million dollars? That's just a small five million dollar no. loan from my father. Yeah. <laughs> the goal, the goal of boys can make you happen. I we'll think, flip it. Yeah, yeah. yeah flip it around. Five, five million dollars turns twenty-five million dollars yeah. real quick. Yeah. The property brothers yeah. will be on hand to flip this house. HGTV new season. We renovate a basketball <laughs> arena for twenty-four episodes. The cone in the basement. The plumbing's just terrible from a pool. It's eroded. The fundamental like aspect of the building. The you know the actual foundation just eroded. HGTV just goes out of business from all yeah. the mo- the money they have to siphon into this side project. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take it. Um, you know, thinking long term, LaSalle has to pivot and make the Gola Boys, I think, more of a part of their social media push. I mean, you guys have like almost as many followers as the team. Yeah, that they, they lost. I think their account got shut down for for like copyright things. You know, they Twitter was going wild with that canceling like the rockets account or a few other big big league accounts but um i i I do like the ability to just be our own like if we got too, we don't get too close to the sun too close to what they're thinking like i don't want to be like a mouthpiece for the university we kind of like being the the fans perspective which is great because in the a10 world in a10 twitter that's all it is is fans perspectives like i don't think there's many basketball like actual official team accounts that are providing as good of a content as a10 twitter is so we'll stay put in a10 twitter world and kind of be that unfiltered opinion um but you're right like uh, i wouldn't be surprised if they if they reached out and tried to like get some sid booker place or you know deeks is the barbecue the post-game destination for LaSalle basketball, maybe the plug that a little bit or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised, but we will try to keep our distance and try and maintain that fan perspective. You say that now, but then we're going to hear an ad read for LaSalle University <laughs> in your next podcast. It just absolutely <laughs> stole us down the river. Yeah, money talks. Yeah. With that being said, money talks. So. <laughs> I think that's a, a good place to end the pod. We don't want to take too much of Rich and Dennis's time. Um, Fellas, thanks for being on the show. Give us your plugs. Tell us where we can find you. If, I mean, people know where they can find you, but still, give us the plugs. Yeah, the goal is standard on Twitter. And uh, also, the goal is standard on podcasts, where you get podcasts, which is pretty much as Apple and Spotify. There's probably a few other weird ones that Anchor uses to produce, but 
yeah, follow us there. DM us, block us, uh, mute us, whatever you want to do. We don't care. Add us. We're there at the goal of standard. Rich, anything else you want to add? You want to plug uh, yeah, your you own personal account? At, what do you say? I said you want to plug your own personal account, maybe? Yeah, yeah you can find me at, uh, at uh, Richie underscore OD on Twitter. There you go. Follow Rich there, too. Um, oh, fi- real quick. Final prediction. We said they're going to sweep both both games. Is that the final prediction from you, fellas? Yes. Yes. Oh, hate to see it. Well, glad that you guys could be on the show. Pete, thanks for coming on the show with us, as always. And, of course, the Hawk will never die. Looking forward to seeing everyone on the next episode.